It did feel kind of short. Amen. We might have to add another hymn in there. All right. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Tonight we're pretty much just going to center around that. We repeated quite frequently uh, when we were preaching on the uh, couple version. So again, we had the C-O-U-P-L-E we preached through earlier. And I'm sure we got those CDs. If you're interested, we can go back and uh, make some copies of those. So Ephesians chapter 5, um, <clears throat> verse, uh, well, we'll just go ahead and read 22 through 25. <clears throat> Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. To what extent should you love your wife, husbands? And gave himself for it. The idea is you need to give yourself your wife like Christ gave himself for the church. In other words, be willing to literally give your life for your wife. That he Notice it doesn't ask the wife to do that, but it does ask the man to do that. Verse 25, Husbands, again, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now go down to verse 33. Nevertheless, this is a summary of the whole idea. Let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Thank you very much, Lord, for the day and for your moving. We'd ask now that you'd bless uh, in the service tonight and the teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, a reminder again uh, about the whole idea about love and respect. So, and that uh, husbands and wives don't need the same thing, okay? Uh, we often would, uh, for a lady, uh, she would expect uh, what they call what's unrequited love. In other words, uh, there's, no, there's no caveats, it's just love, love me no matter what. But this passage actually does teach that that is how men are to love their wives, but it does not say that's what the wife should do for the husband. It says there should be unrequited reverence, which is respect. And women naturally give love, but when it comes to the matter of the husband, it's not love that the Lord asked the woman to give, it's respect, unrequited. And I tell you, that's one thing that is kind of unusual for today's day and age. I want you to think about this. A woman would, a woman would be horrified to hear a man say, I'll love you when you're lovable. Right, ladies? If you're lovable, I'll love you. All the women are going, excuse me? But at the same time, most women of the day wouldn't have a problem saying, well, I'll respect him when he's respectable. And that's not what the Lord teaches here. The Lord teaches love unconditionally for the husband to the wife and respect unconditionally for the wife to the husband. And if you want to have a good marriage, I'm just telling you, that's a great way to make it work. Now, we'll talk, this, this whole series of lessons is, is practicality. It's taking a lot of this and putting into some practicality. Now, so A, I know that's a scary one because we talked about H was hierarchy. 
Does anybody here want to take a guess at what the A in chairs might stand for? What's that? Authority. Authority. Yeah, I was like, wait, didn't we already cover this? Yes, but this, we have to be a little bit more clear on this whole possible subject. There was a, I'm going to give you two illustrations just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit because don't we all just love talking about authority in the home? So, in this subject, there was a marriage conference gathered together and uh, the topic was the husband's authority in the home and a young wife, and wife stood up just eager and enjoying the passage, enjoying the whole, all the lessons and she says, I want him to be the head, I want him to be the leader. I just want to make sure that he makes decisions in keeping with what I want. Like, wait a sec. <laughs> that sounds kind of funny when you think about it that way. I want him to be in authority as long as he's letting me be the authority. <laughs> there's, even a, there's even a better illustration, another illustration of the same realm. A couple gets married and they, they say, he, he is going to make all the major decisions in the family. And then she'll do all the minor decisions. So that's how they're going to parse it out. 20 years later, the man realized there hasn't been any major decisions. Some of you guys. Everybody here? Everybody got it? So here's the question, that, and this is, this is the, the fleshly question that tends to come out of this. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Now, because of um, maybe a, some generational issues and who knows what else, and I know we've gone through, you know, the, we could blame the John Wayne generation and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there, we could look and blame a lot of things, but ultimately, people, there is no human that really enjoys being under authority. Our flesh does not like having someone else, even if they're not telling us what to do. You can have the best boss in the world, the best job in the world, and hear people complain about it. They'll gather around the water cooler and go, can you believe they did this, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's part of, part of human nature to not like authority. Now, if we bring in now the rise of feminism, which I, I, I honestly don't think feminism is a new thing. I just think this is the new way it's presenting itself, okay? Um, feminism now declares that women, they shouldn't be under the thumb of a man, and then some of them are going in and, I mean, it's crazy what they do with the Bible. Someone will say, well, the Bible teaches that women are second class. The Bible teaches no such thing. If anything, the Bible teaches that women should be elevated in the eyes of men and, and protected. And, I mean, like, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And the Bible never teaches that a woman is an inferior person. Never. That's not in the Scripture. Not at all. Um, as a matter of fact, quite, quite clearly... We're all listed as being equal before the Lord. I mean, that's just an amazing thing. But women themselves, even in churches, get a little touchy-feely, self-defensive when it comes up the idea about obeying their husbands. Matter of fact, Christian books are entitled things like, Me? Obey Him? <laughs> that's the title of a Christian book because it's a problem even in Christian churches. I mean, a, a church where there's full of believers, there, there's that... There's that automatic, and I mean, I've, I've heard some amazing things when you, start, when you start touching on this realm, and man, people come up with these scenarios, these awful, ungodly scenarios that I have yet to actually be in a, a, a normal, functioning, believing church where any one of these scenarios are likely to happen. I'm like, and not saying that awful scenarios don't happen, because they do. 
But I've, I have yet to be in a good church where I've had to worry about one of my men pimping out his wife on the street corner. Okay? And that's usually when he's talking about, when we come up with this stuff about, well, what if he asked me, well, what if he asked me this, and what if he asked me that? And we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But usually those things hardly or rarely, if ever, happen in a, in a, a good church with, with a believing husband and wife. Okay? Now, many women would look at some of this and say, now, wait a sec. He might be the one who's, I mean, I, I see what the Lord's saying and, you know, I've got to follow him, but, and, I mean, let's be honest, all right? The woman might say, I really think I'm kind of a, I'm better at approaching decisions than he is. I, I really, and if husbands are honest, most husbands would say, yeah, she's got some pretty good ideas and half the time when we look at stuff, her ideas are better than mine. And it's not like women are unconscious that they look at their husband going, I'm supposed to let him make the decisions? Are we sure about this, Lord? Okay. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a natural thing, okay? And often women, because of the way their brains work, at one given moment, they can see more sides of an issue than the guy even realized that there was a side to the issue. I mean, it, just because guys are... Guys are focused. That's how, God, that's how God designed us. God designed guys to one-track mind, and God designed women to be, uh, I'm not even sure if there's a track connection to that. There's, it's, the, it's the big ball of wire. You know, church is connected to my mom, and my mom's connected to kids, and that's the job over there, and, and how will they be affected by that? I mean, it's, and guys are like, huh? I'm at work. I'm at work. Can you remember to pick up the groceries? I'm at work. I'll come home. Did you remember pick up the groceries? They, they, were, they were in the grocery box. I mean, they were in the work box. Groceries are in the home box. He re- probably remembered when he, like, he hung up his thing and he opened up the fridge and went, oh, I'm at home. Oh, the home box. I was supposed to pick up groceries. Why? Because one track mind. And that's, that's good because guys, guys are be designed that way, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. It's, it's not wrong for a, woman to, for a woman or even a husband to recognize that women are pretty sharp. They aren't idiots, duh, okay? I'm pretty sure idiocy is sprinkled across the human race without, without uh, care for gender. <laughs> it's pretty equal all across the board. And again, most husbands will be pretty quick to admit, yeah, she's pretty sharp. But now here's, here's the question. All those things can be great. The woman might be great at, better at making decisions, um, I mean, we could talk about it, but here's the real question that all wives who are believers should be asking. Who does God say has authority in the home? Who does God say has authority in the home? Because what God says should matter to all believers. Does God say that the smartest person should make all the decisions? Does God say that the person who thinks fastest on their feet is the one who should be the primary decision maker? What does God say? I mean, this, this is really the thing that most, that most, I mean, do we trust God or not? Then really that's what it comes down to. We'll talk about that in a little bit. What does God say? The only thing that a, that a believing wife should be concerned about is, what does God expect from me as a wife when it comes to authority in the home? Who does God say should be the authority in the home? Now I know, believe it or not, our... What's common in here is for somebody to bring up Ephesians 5.21. Okay, so go look at Ephesians 5.21. Yeah, but it says right there 
that they're supposed to be submission to each other. And like that's supposed to somehow relieve the wife of obeying the next verse. What's the next verse? Everybody here? What's it say? Submit yourself. It's like this, this is an offsetting argument. Now, this doesn't take away the importance of submitting ourselves one to another, and we'll look at that a little bit. Matter of fact, what does it mean? What does it mean to submit yourself one to another, and how does that look in, in a marriage? Well, I, the author of the book, I, honestly, I, I like the way he says it the best. Um, well, about one aspect of that verse is that husbands should submit to their wives in showing their wife the love that they need. And I'm going to just tell you, guys are much more better at giving, much, much more better. <laughs> guys are much better at giving respect. Love for a guy is one of those things that's a little awkward for us. And, but the Bible says that's what a man is supposed to do. He's supposed to fill up his wife's love tank, which means things that he's not normally doing, like little notes and finding out, you know, what, flowers for no reason, not because you're in trouble. Uh, finding ways to, you know, tell her how beautiful she is and how much you love her. And they need that. Most guys are like, I told her I loved her. If I'd ever changes, I'll let her know. You know, that's, that's not, wives need to have that constant reassurance of love from, and that's one way a man can, a husband can submit to his wife is by those constant reassurances of love to her in the way that she seeks it and understands it. And wives can show that very thing also by showing their husband the respect that he also needs the same way. And that's why Ephesians 5.33 says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Kind of interesting. That's very specific in the passage. Husbands love, wives reverence. Now, the resistance from women to yield, okay, to yield to this, has many causes. The resistance of women, and don't say that women don't resist the idea, because, I mean, uh, they're human. So that's number one. Simple pride and resistance to be under authority of, of a man is, is ubiquitous. Okay, it's, it's a, Every human has the problem. Every human has a problem submitting to authority. Men suffer from the same thing. It's a human problem. But it's a natural thing not to want to be under authority. So why is there resistance? Because our flesh doesn't like to have somebody else that can say that we're wrong and that's not what we're doing. We're doing something different. Okay? Um, another cause of that resistance, again, might be awareness of their own ability to see a situation better than their man sometimes. Now, I've seen this amongst good women. Here's, this is one from many good women. Fear of their man making a mistake. And so they insert themselves because they don't want their man making a mistake. Or feeling like because she's under authority, she may not get to exercise her own individuality, which is baloney, by the way. The Proverbs 31 woman clearly exercised a lot of her own individuality. If you go, go read the passage, she, she had her own garden, she made her own money, she bought a field. I mean, there was some side she had some side hustles. This woman clearly had her own individuality. So that's not part of that either. But it's a lot of what's tossed under this bag of being under the husband's authority. Okay, because somehow people take it and make it more than it is. Now, can we just all admit that if we were all women, guys, it'd be a struggle for us too? What if, what if it was reversed? 
Okay, all guys, can we connect the dots here? What if it was reversed? But it's not. Let's just, let's just admit that it is a struggle for women, and it's a real struggle. They, they're not perfect. They live in the flesh just like we do. Amen? Can I, I, need, I need some ups and downs and a few amens here, okay? This is, this is, there are natural reasons for this to be a problem for ladies. But again, just like everything else, it doesn't negate the teaching of God's word on what makes a marriage function. Now, I'm going to back up again. I'm going to repeat this, and I'm going to repeat it a lot. But none of this teaching makes the man the dictator of the home. There is nothing in Scripture. Again, I'm going to repeat it. Nothing in Scripture giving man permission or authority to discipline for his wife not submitting herself. It's not in there. He can teach, and he can bring her to the Lord, and he can say, you're, you're not doing right. You, you're, you're not doing right. I mean, this isn't... You realize you're disobeying God, and God, God has he, he chastens His children. I think at some point there, that does need to come up, but he has, he has no disciplinary action given to him. Okay? I mean, there's a lot of, I've heard a lot of colloquialisms about young wives being taken over their knee by a young husband, and maybe that worked and maybe it didn't. That's not what the Bible teaches. Okay? That's not what the Bible teaches. What does this mean? So here, let's, let's look at this honestly. So if a man's not the dictator, and a woman is supposed to be un, submit herself, and you have two believers who should be good-willed and want the marriage to work, what, what does it look like? Okay? What does it look like? What does it mean? How, when it comes to a matter of conflict... What does it mean? This is real simple. When it comes to a a matter of head-to-head disagreement, the wife is to defer to the husband's choice. I mean, that's simple. The wife is to defer to the husband's choice. She is to let him make the decision. Oh, and by the way, she still has to reverence him in the decision. So it doesn't look like this. Well, fine, just do whatever you want then. There's no reverence in that. You hear what I'm saying? And we'll talk about it a little bit. This doesn't mean, listen, this does not mean that she has to agree that he is right. She is a person with her own opinions. She does not have to agree that, she is, he is, that he is right, but neither is it respectful to say, to sulk around the house being a sourpuss. Or afterwards to say, I told you. None, none of that falls in line with reverencing the husband. Now, granted, okay, if a husband and wife have a good relationship, my wife and I have a, have a good relationship in this realm, and I, I know that she could sarcastically kind of nip me at it, knowing, and I don't feel disrespected by that because the relationship's already plenty okay. But not always. So be very careful of stuff like that. So, yeah, don't sulk around when it doesn't go your way. Submitting to your husband's leadership without showing respect for the leadership is like saying... I'm going to eat this cake and I'm going to drink a Diet Coke because it'll offset it. It don't work. You don't get your cake and eat it too. You know what I'm saying? There has to be reverence shown also. Now, the husband must make sure, now listen, and this is to the guys, the husband must make sure in all of his decisions that he is recognizing his wife's need to feel loved. So if she's trying to express herself, a man needs to sit 
give attention and listen, especially when it comes to a decision. There needs to be, I, for him to show love is to show that he is interested in her opinion and he is listening to it and actually considering that opinion. That's how he can show to the wife and how he can express to her that he does love her. And at the same time, the wife may disagree with his decision, but never let that be a cause for disrespect as a part of the disagreement. Okay? Is everybody here? If a husband and wife can learn to function like this, I'm just telling you, if a husband and wife can learn to function like this, there's very few times that a problem will actually end up where the husband will, will either just walk away and say, fine, do whatever you want, or say, that's enough. I've made my decision. I shut up. Everybody been there? It's either, fine, just do whatever you want, or that's enough. Be quiet. I made my decision. And, I mean, we want two, we want two believers to get along in harmony. Now they're, they're flesh, right? So is there going to be conflict? Duh. <laughs> it's, it's two people living together. Uh, it, it's interesting now watching Dakota, you know, they've, they've enjoyed each other, you know, having the roommates and the floor mates, and, but now it's getting, it's more than halfway through the semester and it's getting really close to Thanksgiving, and you know what they really want to do? They like getting tired of each other. They're ready to go home for a little bit. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's new. Get slammed in together. You have to learn how to grow along. So, now, here's the deal. And everybody knows this. Anything with more than one head is a freak, a monster, okay? There can't be two heads in the home. There can't be. So, God has said that he's to be the one who is the, the head, okay, and he, she's to submit to him. If he loves her and she respects him and there's still agreement, what is to happen? I'm going to read this word for word from the book because I, I just could not have said it better. Two good-willed people who feel loved and respected almost always discover a creative alternative that resolves the conflict. Listen, listen again, and there's more to it, but two good-willed people who feel the woman feels loved and the man feels respected almost always discover a creative alternative that resolves the conflict. When love and respect are present in the marriage, husbands and wives process things far more wisely. They accept the fact that a degree of conflict is inevitable in a marriage relationship. As the conversation progresses, neither one overstates his or her position. Well, what do you mean? You know, when this happens, you always, really, always, we, we use these terms, you know, you always do this, you never do this. That's, those terms are, are overstatement. They're rarely, if ever, true. You always do this. And I remember every time, that's one time we go back, every time? Always? Never? No, that's overstatement, okay? As the conversation progresses in a, in a home where she feels loved and he feels respected, neither one overstates his or her position. No one loses it emotionally. It doesn't mean that there's not emotions involved, but they're learning how to, how to talk back and forth and make sure because the person is more important than the conflict, okay? Proposals are made to solve the conflict. There are offers counter offers well what if we did this well that's not a bad idea oh well what if we did this and this there's offers and counter offers there is give and take 
All of this results in a course of action that makes sense to both of them. And in a good relationship, honestly, in a good functioning husband-wife relationship where she feels loved and he feels respected, rarely does a major decision come along where the two don't come together in some sort of compromise where they join together and say, this is our course of action. That's just, that is just part of what should, it should look like. I'm not saying it does look this way, but it's the goal. It's what they, how it should look. Um, and again, when he is seeking to love her and she is seeking to respect him. But when the rubber meets the road and a decision is to be made, it has to be made, and there's still disagreement, then the wife, according to this passage, is to yield to her husband's decision and let me just tell you, yielding is something that for, for a man, for reverence to be shown, is something that should be made clear. It should be made clear. Now, what do you mean? It's like this. Um, well, I do think this is the best course of action, but if this is what you choose to do, I'm behind you 100%. Let's go. Is everybody, is everybody here? The decision is going to be forgotten in five or six years and maybe a couple of years, but you're still living with the, the husband and wife. They're still present. It would be the best, again, she makes clear that she is yielding to his decision and that she will support him in it, not saying, fine, but you're going to regret it and then slouch off towards your favorite spot. <laughs> so let, let me make this statement. <clears throat> Ladies, let's say you have a serious disagreement. I'm going to throw in here, remember, men and ladies don't communicate the same. Remember, remember we used the pink and blue glasses and we looked at the words and we saw some different things? We don't communicate the same way. So, <clears throat> ladies, if you are serious with your husband about a disagreement, here's some things that are going to pull the plug on his respect tank and literally shove him away as fast as you possibly can. Arguing, name-calling, being preachy, criticizing, lecturing, being pouty or sour. None of those things communicate respect. As a matter of fact, they, they communicate huge amounts of disrespect. And it's, it's, you, you, might as well be, you might as well be taking a sledgehammer and shoving him out the far side of the house as fast as you possibly can. Because that, all that communicates to him is disrespect, disrespect, disrespect. Now it's funny because if a lady was to do that to a lady, okay, good-willed friends, if a lady was to do that to a lady, the other lady would say, ooh, she's, she's hurt. I need to love on her. It would be automatic for a lady to, to figure out, okay, we got to figure out how to love her and make sure that the relationship is still good and then we'll talk about it. But for a guy, all it does is say, uh, I want nothing to do with that. See you later. Um, when you get to feeling, you know, better about with all this, I'm, I might be back. I hope, I'm, I hope I'm communicating that well. It just, for a man, it just smacks of rejection. Rejection and disrespect. 1 Peter 3 talks about a, a woman's Influence. And let me just say, women, you don't understand how much influence you have. I really, I really still to this day don't think women understand the amount of influence they have with their husband. Um, a modest, respectful, 
quiet way, even in disagreement, has an enormous amount of attraction to a husband. A, a, a respectful disagreement that is modest and quiet, I'm telling you, immediately the husband is drawn, the protector side of the husband is drawn out, and a husband will absolutely be drawn to a lady who, in disagreement, recognizes her husband's goodwill and with dignity and quietness expresses that concern. I'm telling you, it will, it will awaken the protector provider in him and he will hear and listen to what the, argument, the, the concerns are of the wife. But preachy argumentativeness is just like drop-kicking him to the other side of the moon, pretty much. Now, remember, what is it the man is called upon to do, the, do for the wife by the Lord? Love, but he's also to give himself as Christ gave himself for the church. So the man is literally called upon, if it be necessary, to give his life for his wife. God does not call upon the ladies to do that. And so part of, part of the recognition of his authority is to recognize this, this isn't a responsibility that God has given him to do and to be. So a man must bear that authority because that's the picture of Christ and the church. He is called upon to be responsible in the passage that we've read. He is called upon to take care of the church, to nurture her, to help her, to give his life for her, to love her beyond what he is, that's what he is called upon to do. And what this passage does, the respect recognizes that authority given to him by God. Two people fighting for authority never works. It just does not. I, I'll just tell you something. Ladies, you, you are... and. This is more almost, uh, almost trickery here, but it's true. You are way more likely to get your way more often by being submissive and respectful than by stomping your foot and saying, well, I have my rights. Stand, standing up and saying, I'm going to stand up for my rights is almost an instantaneous way to build up a wall between you and, and it won't happen. It's done. That almost, uh, standing up for your rights, can, can, can we just look even in just our recent news reels that standing up for your rights almost always manifests itself in disrespect? It, it does. It almost always manifests itself in disrespect. If, and ladies, again, I'm telling you, coming up with a submissive spirit, even in disagreement and a respectful attitude, you will find you may end up with a lot more of what you wanted than what you thought <laughs> you ever could be possible. Now, there might be some ladies out there saying, and I'll, I want you to listen carefully. Again, we're kind of aiming this at a good-willed husband and wife. If you've got a, a husband, I mean, listen, if a husband and a wife are still in the home, there's, some, there's still some goodwill left there. <laughs> okay? There might be some ladies out there saying, I would love for my has husband to have this kind of initiative. I would love for my husband to step forward and actually lead, you know, and take the reins. He's just too passive. Now, this happens. Now, I will give you quite often why a man is not. Why a man is not taking the reins. And, and um, it, it's really simple. It's going to blow your mind. Every time he tried to step up and take a lead, you had a better idea. Simple as that. Every time he says, I'm going to do this, and you say, well, what if we did, 
with the best intentions, okay, ladies, with the best intentions, but every time he tries to lead, you try to redirect, at some point he's going to say, he, he might not say it verbally, but he's just going to back off and just say, okay, fine. And I'm just going to tell you, as a guy, there's oftentimes my wife will bring up an opposing argument, and I'm going, am I such an idiot I could not think of that? How did I not see that? And there is the temptation for, for a husband to just back off and say, you know what, fine, you I don't know what you're thinking, Lord, because she's smarter than I am. I'm just, she might as well just make the decisions. I might, as well just give, I might as well just give this responsibility to her. Is everybody here? Just, he, will, he may eventually shut down and let you have your way. And the only way to draw him back, again, he can be drawn back, is to literally let him lead. Like, what do you think? Okay, let's do that. What do you think? Okay, let's do that. And it's, it's a visual thing. Visually, show respect. De- defer to him frequently, on purpose. I'm telling you, that's an instant. I mean, if my wife looks at me and there's something comes up and she looks at me and says, what do you think? Uh, when, when a guy, and guys know this, when we got car trouble, we can fix it ourselves. But when a guy looks at another guy and says, what do you think? You know what he feels instantaneously? He feels respect from me that I would care enough about his, his opinion. Instantaneous. Even if he doesn't have an opinion to offer, he recognizes that I see him as a, again, ready, an equal. That's what men want to be. They want to be, they want to be equal amongst their peers. They're not looking to be the king of the, well, some guys are idiots and want all that power. But most guys just want to be, they just want to be an equal amongst their peers. Being asked for their advice for a guy is an instant like, well, man, take a look. It's an instant respect booster. You want, to re- you want your husband to instantly feel respected and say, what do you think about this? What, what shall we do here? And then when he has a suggestion, man, go for it. Go for it. Um, if you're deferring to him, that's not making you less of a person. It's your choice to defer. Go on record. This is the book. The book makes a big deal about this, and I think it's. I, after reading it through, I think it's a good thing. Go on record. In other words, make it a verbal, visual thing that your husband has the right to make the final decision. Verbally communicate that, and visually communicate it by following those things. Make it understandable. Well, here's my opinion. We talk about this back and forth. It's in your hands. What do you think? Now, on the other side, if a husband is being extremely dominant, like over-the-top dominant, it could be that he's feeling like he's having to fight for control. <laughs> like, I'm always having to fight to get what I want. So, no, woman, this is what it's going to be. In his mind, somehow, he's, he's, he has to maintain control so he can maintain some feeling of respect. And again, you know what the answer is? The same as it was before. If the woman begins to show her husband respect a lot of that domineering will just deflate and disappear. Both problems solved the same way. By wives following biblical direction to reverence their husbands. Ladies, do you want your man to hear your heart? Um... What message are you sending with what you're communicating? And again, I'm going to go back to, again, pink and blue glasses. Pink and, we don't speak 
the same language. You might be thinking that disrespect will send him a message that you feel unloved by not supporting his endeavors, by belittling his abilities, undermining his decisions, resisting his counsel, just being unfriendly, being disinterested in physical intimacy. You are not sending a message to a man that you're feeling unloved. The message you're sending is, I don't respect you and I, want, I think you're a fool and the worst person in the world, almost. One, one lady said this, this is what she said, and I, this whole story is a, is a sad one, but said, I thought if I did all this, he'd get the message that I was hurting, that I was frustrated and angry, and that he'd have to move toward me with understanding and love. But in this case, she had so wounded him that he would not have intimacy, intimacy with her at all, and it took years to regain that in the relationship because she had slowly just driven him away. It, disrespect to a man is just as dangerous as if you hauled out a sharp long knife and just started cutting him to ribbons piece by piece. What message are you sending him? Now I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that any woman intends to do this. I think once I see the kind of how women function with each other, if a man can ever completely understand how a woman thinks, Still not sure. I'm not even sure women understand how women think sometimes. It can be kind of interesting. But, but how women kind of walk to each other and they, they, they fuss with each other and next thing you know they're like best friends again and guys are like, I'm not sure how that works. A guy, guys will go out and we'll just have a fight and shake hands and we're done. You know? But women with friends, with friends amongst women, they'll, they'll fight and disagree over some massive things and still be friends. And you're like... I don't know how that works. They love each other, you know. That's what they do. They, they, this one hollers and this one goes in for a hug and draw them out. And, and the guys are like going, don't touch me. <laughs> I don't want none of that. What, what are you expressing? What are you expressing? We're just about done. Recognizing, ladies, recognizing that Christ expects his husband to give his life for you, your husband to give his life for you, literally, that should help, hopefully help you in somehow of, of yielding to his authority in the home by doing your best to, sign, to send the kind of message that shows him you respect his, his responsibility and his right to lead. But ultimately, all that aside, here's the deal. And this, this is a rough one. Well, it's not rough, it's just truth. Do you trust God? If you're a believer, here's what it ultimately comes to. Do you trust God? Because God said, reverence your husband. It's us who put in all the caveats. Well, I'll, well, he says, no, just reverence. If you trust God, then you must leave your husband and his mistakes in God's hands, not yours. If he makes a mistake... Leave him in God's hands. Proverbs 21.1 The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. God can change a heart. God can steer the heart or the, your, your authority in the direction that he wants it. And if we're talking about a goodwill couple, okay, ultimately the matter of letting your husband have authority is this. It is trusting God. No, your husband is not God, but he is in God's hands, and he is the authority that God has put in place. You are not God. You need to let him make mistakes, 
Do your best to influence him. And, and God has given a woman influence on purpose, and I do believe it. It's, it is there for a purpose. Use that influence with, res, with respect and, res, and support, not criticism and preachy, pouty, sour attitudes. Influence as you can and trust God. Praise his good decisions verbally. Praise his good decisions. Be gracious when he makes bad decisions. Beware of... This, this, this is something you may have to talk about amongst your own home, but one of the suggestions is beware of disagreeing with him in public or in front of the kids. Now, how you do that can often change that statement. You can disagree with someone in front of someone else and still show respect. But if you're having trouble with that, then don't do it in front of the kids or in public. Be reasonable and quiet when disagreeing with him and don't attack his right to lead. And don't play head games. I think ladies know what I'm talking about. Don't play head games with him to make him back down or twist him around to get your way. Be a loving and respectful peacemaker. Ultimately, it really is this. It really is this. What does God say? Reverence your husband. That, that really, honestly, should be enough for all of us. As men, love your wives should be enough. Not whether or not I want to love her or whether or not she respects me or whether or not blah, 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 blah. I unconditionally love her. And ladies, you unconditionally respect him. A, A is for authority. Father, Lord, these are...